but here's my point, okay? It's Division One football! And tonight, hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts. And they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit. I got more gray hair than I've ever had. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. I've been losing, so, I mean, it ain't been good. I told them, how about them fucking dogs? That's what I told them. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And they run through our ass like shit through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop it. Could not stop them. Congratulations, Zach. Go Tigers. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Champ Week on the Parlay Like a Champion a podcast. Four of us, Cover Four, has reconvened this evening. We're missing one more soldier tonight, but we will still get his pick in and come up with five cu- five picks to make the Parlay card. Joined by Matt, Matt, and Mark. Gentlemen, the season has come to an end. Uh, not the season in total, we still have championship week, which is why we're here tonight and we have bowl season, which we will do an episode. Um, I'm sad that we have to convene after another one in four week. We have one victor here who will get his moment. And then we have three apologies. We'll have to share. I will do some recapping over the course of the 13 weeks. Uh, we do have some overs uh, and unders on win totals that have hit. So we will touch on that from our week zero podcast, but first, we start with the apologies, as is customary. Uh, Mark, I'm going to start with you. Uh, not a great showing this past week from you, me, or back to all three of us will have our due. But I just, I randomly picked your name out of a hat, and I'm certainly not going to start first. So Vanderbilt yeah. plus 14. I deserve that. Um, there's not much I could say, boys. Uh, I misread the situation. I thought Vandy, with a chance to get bowl eligible against a team um, who I didn't think would get off the mat, uh, I thought it w- the game would go a lot differently. Just misread the situation. It's that simple. Um, Tennessee got up off the mat and whipped Vandy um, into oblivion. And uh, just, it was never a game. We never had a chance. Luckily, the parlay, for my sake, did not depend on it. But uh, Vandy laid a huge egg, and I'm sorry. Um, do you think that, that the connection to the South Carolina game there, I mean, do you think that clouded you a little bit, you know, if you had to no. handicap yourself? Very honestly, I do not think that played a factor at all. My handicap was that they were missing Hendon Hooker. Their playoff hopes were dashed. Now they have to go to Vandy and play a bottom of the barrel team. And for what? A chance to go to the Outback Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, whatever it is. Like, I just didn't think uh, the motivation would be there with Joe Milton at quarterback. And I thought Vandy, who has surpassed all expectations this season um, and was doing a really good job with Clark Lee at the helm and Mike Wright at quarterback, who had shown some flashes this year, I thought, I just thought it would be much different. And it wasn't. So, sorry. Mark, would you say that was the worst pick you've had this year? I would say it's the worst pick I've had in years. Ah, it okay. and and statistically it, it would back that up. We haven't kept track of ATS margin, but uh, this pick may have been stinkier than his Georgia Oregon pick, which this pick was minus forty two uh, against the spread. So yeah, if I remember correctly, Oregon was plus seventeen and a half and lost forty nine to three. That puts uh, marks at forty three points against the margin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know we've fallen on some tough times here, but we're we're here to pick each other up. We got we got two more weeks 
to close 2022 strong. Um, I'll go next. We'll kind of work in backwards order of our losses. UAB minus 17 and a half at Louisiana Tech. Um, some parts of my handicap came true. Dwayne McBride ran all over them, but the defense wasn't up to snuff. Uh, they let La Tech hang around. They won by 10. They won convincingly, uh, but they needed to win by 18. And that wasn't in the cards. A couple really uncharacteristic long runs for Louisiana Tech, not a team that runs the ball well, UAB a team uh, defensively that's probably more stout than what they let on, but they got the win. Yeah, that part of the angle was taken care of. Yes, they ran the ball all over them, but that's not what we're here to do. Great teams cover, UAB not a great team, and that's four straight L's for me. Um, The season was promising at one point in time, and it has taken a really sour turn. I tried to switch things up with the favorite, just to see if I could kind of recapture the mojo. And, um, you know, we're on a champ week. I'll have a better pick here in a moment. But uh, UAB, I apologize. That was that it was not there. It's not there this weekend. Uh, I'm going to make it quick, though. Bechtel, I'm going to kick it right over to you, man. Friday night, Florida State. Fridays are usually not good to us. Florida State did not cover against Florida. That was a uh, was a shootout, to say the least. Yeah, it was. I think part of the cap that I was really off about was just the Florida State defense, um, at least against against the run. Um, yeah, they just that I think I pride myself on the fact that the picks I, I put up for the most part, you know, it's a winner almost immediately or, you know, you're dead immediately. Um, I think when we saw them going up the field, it was just it was just going to be tough to cover that number. And then, you know, Florida State obviously wins tough PI penalty, but that's just kind of begging for something at that point. I'm sorry. I need to be better. Uh, I need to be sharper. And, you know, that's my first ever Friday night game for this parlay uh, and first ever else. I'll probably bury that one for a while. Sorry. Yeah, Matt, you, uh, you ruined my whole Saturday. I woke up and didn't have anything to look forward to. The parlay is already done. So spiked it. Yeah. That's why that Friday night spot's tough. Mark mentioned it in his pick that, you know, that's why that last, that last pick is also tough. If there's a lot riding on it. Um, Let's hope we're back in the saddle, you know, this weekend 4-0 into the final game of championship week. I will quickly mention Josh, not here tonight, Georgia minus 35 and a half um, dogs won by 30, but wasn't enough. And early on, it didn't really look like this game was going to get to the cover. So we were in some tough spots across four games, but one place that we weren't in a tough spot was a WVU Oklahoma state under 64 Rob, You brought an under back, you cashed it, say some more. Yeah, uh, it it was pretty good. It was pretty low stress. I think I had 64 points. Total ended at 43. So you always like late in the fourth when it looks um, very good. And it would have taken a a miracle for that to get over. But um, no, not not a lot to say. Uh, good win and, uh, you know, having a good year so far. That you are. Eight, four, and one. Off. Yeah. Opportunity to become the, uh, the pod czar for the year, you know. Yeah, he, he's sitting in, still. He's yeah. sitting in pole position. There's a chance. Uh, there's a, I believe, a chance that you could get knocked out. If I'm, if I'm reading my numbers correctly, eight, four, and one for you right now. Um, Bechtel, myself, and Mark all at seven and six, and then we've got Espo sitting at six, six, and one. Uh, bring brings the pod total to thirty five, twenty eight, and two for the season at fifty five point six percent. I did touch on this earlier. Quick shout out, four of the five week zero picks ended up hitting with a bonus pick. 
on the South Carolina Gamecocks. So technically five and one on our week zero picks, Kentucky on the under UMass on the over was a loss. ODU on the under was a win. Arizona over win and the Minnesota Golden Gophers over win. Um, none of us with the Heisman ticket. We had Malik Cunningham, Hendon Hooker, Dylan Gabriel, and Jackson Dart. Um, Hendon Hooker was very much in it. Obviously, that did not come to fruition. And it looks like it's going to be Caleb Williams, who's going to uh, a no doubter, zero suspense. And, and the He's like minus 2,500 now. Yeah, the, re- the requirement also was to pick long shots. We weren't picking Good anybody point. inside of the top. You know, nobody had four. I don't think what was the best you, odds. You, you couldn't. You couldn't you take couldn't pick sh- anybody inside forty, right? You couldn't pick yeah. anyone inside twenty. Inside twenty. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. Right. So otherwise, so we would have picked there. Caleb Williams. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's guys like that that are just that dynamic. Um, and obviously, yeah, I think he he very much. Very much deserving after the victory, and we'll see how things shake out with the playoff after this weekend closes up. Maybe some more to touch on here shortly, but we are bringing you one more parlay card. It's a tight slate, 11 games this week, which includes the Buffalo and Akron game, which is a made-up game after the snowstorm in Buffalo. I don't believe that's going to make the card, but then again, everything is in play this week. Looking across the slate, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, we'll get Josh's pick in here momentarily, um, but we'll start with Rob. Rob, you came off the win last week with the under. Where are you taking us this week? Taking you to New Orleans, and I'm going to pick Tulane at home in the championship game, minus three against UCF. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the revenge angle here a little bit. So three weeks ago, as we know, these two teams played uh, Tulane lost 38-31. We had our friend Espo was on UCF in that game. Um, good game. I ended up watching most of it. So Tulane got jumped on early. They did fight back from 24 down 24-7, down 31-14. I remember thinking kind of towards the end of the game, if there was one more quarter, Tulane was probably going to win. Um, so now they're going to get that chance. Ever since the loss, Tulane's been balling out. Uh, they won at Cincinnati last week. Uh, They crushed SMU the week before that. So I think this team is peaking at just the right time. Major part of the UCF win three weeks ago was their starting quarterback, John Rise Plumlee, running for 176 yards and two touchdowns. Unfortunately for the Knights, he hurt his hamstring last week, had to leave the game. Questionable to play this week, even if he does hamstrings, serious business. I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to the same runner that torched Tulane earlier in the year. So uh, Tulane hasn't won a conference championship since 1998. More motivated team, better coached, playing at home. They say hungry dogs run faster. So I'm looking for them to avenge the earlier loss and win the conference. And I'm not afraid of laying the three. Um, Are you at all concerned about Willie Fritz going to Georgia Tech? So I watched, he had a Skype interview today that I watched. They asked him four questions about going. He answered them all extremely professionally. Didn't say he wasn't going, didn't say he was. I think in these kind of group of five things is a little bit different than these power five schools. He's been there six years. The players love him. He loves the players. You know, whether or not he goes, I'm not worried about it. Um, I think the team's going to play for him, even if they know he's going. They know he's going to another job. They're happy for him. They're going to play their butts off for him. So I think to an extent, maybe that helps. I don't know. But I, I remember Billy Napier was in a similar situation last year um, when Louisiana Lafayette was playing against App State in the conference championship. People were kind of saying the same thing. Louisiana beat covered App State um, last year. So I think something similar could happen this year. And also kind of makes you think, you know, Tulane was minus one 
against UCF three weeks ago. They lose the game, and now they're minus three. Hmm. Hmm. Makes you think. Hmm. Hmm. That mm. is the thinker. Hmm. Mm. Go wave. I'm with you Let's on go. it. I like the wave. I like the revenge angle. I also agree with Mark's point about Willie Fritz. This game was on my short list. I mean, it, it's hard for a game not to be on the short list considering the number <laughs> yeah. of games. I said the 11. The list is short already. The list <laughs> is short. There, I said 11 earlier. There's actually 12 uh, considering the Jackson State and Southern game. But yeah, I mean, in general, I, I think this is the right angle. And I also agree. Uh, John Rice Plumley, the Ole Miss transfer, is a, is a dynamic runner. Um, and I've seen Michigan's had a guy and, and Ohio State had a guy. And, geez, Ohio State's guys is a big deal. Jackson Smith and Jigba, like he injured his hamstring the first game against Notre Dame. Didn't play at all yep. the rest of the season. Like those things are not something you just bounce back from. Soft tissue injuries oh. like that. And for a dynamic runner, like it renders him probably 30% effective. Like he's 70% run, 30% pass. Yeah, easily. I ran, I ran in the turkey trot on Thursday, and I, I mean, my hamstrings are still just barking. how howling so, at you. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what John Rice Palmley's going through. Wow. Great nugget, great. Mark, I, was, I, was, I was proud of you for that. You know, I, I you. thought for a second we got it under thirty. Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. But now we ice up and get ready for next year. That's right. You got a whole 360 <laughs> days until the yeah. next Turkey trot. So like I, I think in that window of time, you'll be, you'll be back. You'll be at them. Um, all right. That puts Tulane minus three as the first pick on the board against UCF at home and the American athletic conference championship. Uh, let's kick it over. Mark, uh, where are you taking us this week? Yeah. Friday night game in Las Vegas, Nevada, PAC 12 championship. USC Trojans minus three versus Utah. I'm on the Trojans um, to get it done, remain in the playoffs. They are the four seed right now. I expect that they'll stay there. This is a rematch from October 15th in Utah, where Utah as three and a half point favorites, uh, one by one on a game winning, uh, game winning two pointer in an electric game. If uh, you guys remember watching that, it was awesome Saturday night at Rice Eccles uh, in that game, Caleb Williams threw for 381 and five touchdowns ran for 76 and a touchdown cam rising Utah's quarterback threw for 415 and two touchdowns ran for 60 and three touchdowns. Both quarterbacks were electric. Um, one thing on the quarterbacks here, this is a neutral site game, but cam rising stats. There is a stark difference between home and road splits at home at Rice Eccles. Cam rising, 16 touchdowns, one interception. Away from home, six touchdowns, six interceptions. He is a much different quarterback on the road. Um, I'm hoping that uh, is a similar uh, situation here. He, despite winning the conference championship game last year against Oregon, rising did not play particularly well. Oregon was just way worse uh, in the Pac-12 title game last year. Uh, so I'm hoping um, and betting that uh, literally that Caleb Williams and USC play much better than Cam Rising in Utah in this game. Uh, US, uh, USC first in the country in turnover margin at plus 23 on the season. Next closest team in the entire country is plus 14, nine turnovers away from USC. So they do not turn the ball over. They take the ball away from their opponents. Uh, hopefully uh, they'll pick Cam Rising off a few times, force a couple fumbles. Lincoln Riley, big game hunter, 4-0 in Big 12 title games as Oklahoma's coach. 
Um, this is his first shot, obviously, with USC, but I expect him to keep it going. And as another nugget from um, businessofcollegesports.com, a conference will receive $6 million for each team that is selected for semifinal games. That's big deal to the Pac-12. USC wins, covers, makes the playoff, gets $6 million for the conference. I'm going to – two things on that handicap. First off, on the USC bit, in past seasons, we've talked about Iowa and their turnover luck. And at some point, you just have to accept that it's what they do. And it may be that USC is in a similar boat where early in the season, what looks like luck slowly just becomes exactly what happens. The second piece I'll say is no league could use it more, yet no league would do more to get in its own way than the Pac-12 would. So I agree with your point about the Pac-12 needing it. I also think the Pac-12, their officials and everything that conference does always seems to mess up when they have a chance for something like that. But overall, I agree with the breakdown. I, I hear you. I also think USC is a brand and a name and Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams are brands and names that they'll protect more than they would say if Utah is in a similar position against an Oregon. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll see. But USC on a neutral is better than Utah. They showed in Utah that they can hang um, with them and uh, I expect them to keep it rolling as they have been. Plus, they you looked know, really impressive last week. The other end of the handicap, too, is, you know, a bunch of boys from L.A. know how to have a good time in Vegas, probably better than a bunch of boys from Utah. Let's hope let's hope that that waits until after the after the game. Celebration only. <laughs> and Mark, I really like the pick as someone who bet on Notre Dame last week. Caleb Williams is just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I mean, guys electric. And I think your point also being that whether games are they're not scripted but they are influenced at times and if you would get lincoln riley that story and usc that story and the heisman winner that story into the playoff uh you know i think that would probably help college football so couldn't imagine laying utah and and they're definitely not as good i know you've been a big utah fan the last couple years they're not the same utah um that played in the rose bowl last year i agree yeah. Uh, last thing I'll say about that is I think USC as a team and another reason why I like the pick that to me is a group where what they were early in the season is only going to continue to get better. New coach, a lot of transfers, the opportunity to kind of mold and meld together uh, and probably playing the best ball. I'll maybe speak to this a little bit later at the end of the podcast, but that's not a team I would be excited about facing in any capacity. Um, and this is now the second pick with revenge on the mind on the podcast for this week. So we'll see if our angle takes hold this week. That might be really great for our chances of booking the 5-0 and parlay ticket. Um, gentlemen, I'll just quickly fill in. Obviously, we don't have Josh tonight, uh, but his official pick, and I just got to pull up the number so I get the right thing in front of me, is going to be Georgia minus 17 and a half, uh, taking the dogs in the SEC championship game, four o'clock Eastern kick against Bechtel's Tigers. It is important to note, given the short slate this week, there is an opportunity to jump on alma maters the way we don't normally allow in a typical week. But with so few games, we, we got to open the board. Josh is going to be taking Georgia against the Tigers. Bechtel, I mean, your quick thoughts, man. You've been watching LSU closer than anyone else has. Is, is Josh on the right side here? Uh, you know, I, you know, that game, that game was tough to watch. It was one of those kind of soul sucking 
it, it reminded me of a lot of like old Notre Dame losses that Brian Kelly used to have where the air is just kind of sucked out of the building. They really have no chance in the game, you know, 20 point loss or so it, it's just in a big spot. Um, it's tough because now, you know, the, the playoff implications are all screwed up. We can't really have an effect uh, at this point with three losses. Um, I don't know. I still think that like Jaden Daniels on turf, that might be tough to cover. Um, could it be one of those games where they kind of just maybe climb back into it in the fourth quarter? I don't know. Um, I, I, I lean LSU with the 17 and a half just because I think they can move the ball. Um, Josh is also on a fucking milk carton. So why the hell would I go with that? <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. <Something up> there. <laughs> not even here to offend, defend himself. I mean, I'm not going to. Yeah, but it is what it is. Georgia minus 17 and a half is the pick. Uh, Bechtel, I kind of teed you up here. I, I, well, through the text thread today, I have a sense of where you're taking us. And obviously given what Josh just placed against your tigers, I, I suspect you might have another alma mater play up your sleeve. So where are you taking us this week? Uh, it's with great pleasure. This is the first time we've ever done almas in the parlay that I get to lay the corn and blue. Um, we're going with Michigan laying 16. I love it. Um, I just feel like I've seen this game before. Um, I just keep thinking back to 2021, just beating Ohio state for the first time in years and then just blowing the absolute doors off of a, a pretty decent Iowa team who actually uh, Purdue actually beat in 2021, 24-17 at, uh, at Kinnick. Um, but at that point, they had David Bell who had 240 yards receiving. They don't have David Bell anymore. Um, also, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this, the fact that Aiden O'Connell, um, he has not practiced with the team leading up to the Michigan game um, since the death of his brother, Sean. Uh, that's a bit of an X factor there. I mean, the guy had an unbelievably gutsy performance uh, against Indiana. So shout out to him. Just, just playing like an absolute man out there. Um, uh, but you know, you don't know how that guy is going to respond. Um, so that's a little bit of an X factor. Will he elevate his play again? Um, you know, it's something that happens in sports. And, and if we get caught on the wrong end of a, a good story, you can't really be mad about that. But I really like Michigan just because they're just much more efficient with the ball. Uh, they're bigger. They're stronger. Jeff, like you can kind of take it away from here. It's your team. Tell me how you're feeling. Well, before I do that, I'd actually like to get Mark and Rop's perspective as unbiased viewers of the game this weekend. I know that there was a Clemson-South Carolina game happening at the same time. But, gentlemen, I, I obviously feel a certain way about this. I, I'd love to get your thoughts first. Yeah, I'll let Rob start. Um, Rob, you probably watched. Now, I watched Michigan-Ohio State, but. That was on TV too, as I was, you know, watching South Carolina Clemson. So I'll let you start. Well, Mark, you were on TV three, Jeff, you were on TV two because I was doing my job with the Oklahoma state, West Virginia over under on TV one. So, I respect that. I respect uh, that. So it was just me and Jeff, I guess. Part of a lit noon slate we had last yeah. last week. Best, best noon slate I ever had. So listen, I, I you know, I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert on this uh, big 10 title game, but I think Michigan should be able to win by 17. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the first half, it was like, maybe Jeff, you can comment. Actually, you should comment, but it seemed the first half, you know, Michigan was kind of like hanging around, hanging in. I didn't expect the second half to, ha to happen, how it happened. I don't know what, what were your thoughts on that, Jeff? Yeah. I'm absolutely in the same boat. You are um, first half felt like we kind of dodged a couple bullets yeah. There was a lot of high leverage plays that went Michigan's way. 
from fourth down conversions to a third and nine falling on your back foot and throwing a frozen rope to the sideline where he breaks a tackle and scores a touchdown. Like I, 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 I'm with Bechtel's pick to be clear. I guess I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole without saying I like it. Um, Purdue is an interesting dynamic offensively, but we just played a very good defensive game against Ohio state. Like I, I think that's actually what I was much more pleased about. I think offensively we struck in, in ways I didn't think we could. Uh, which gives me a lot of hope that this team can be multidimensional, even if they don't have the running game going. So while I don't think it was a beatdown the way Michigan media wants to make it look, I think a lot of things went our way. And I'm very happy that that happened. And you players have to make plays, right? Like on both sides, we have to make plays. They don't make plays. One team wins, another team loses. In this case, I think we came out on the right side of a lot of those instances. Um, but I also, and this is the last piece I'll say and relate it back to Bechtel's pick. Last year, after we won, it kind of felt like, oh, we got the monkey off our back. And I was expecting a letdown against Iowa, against a really good defense. Purdue does not have that. Purdue has a better offense, but Aiden O'Connell's a little erratic. Um, I would expect Michigan to dominate this game. I think they have the leadership to do it. I think that's really what stands out to me is this is a job's not finished. Every interview J.J. McCarthy gave after the game, first quote, job's not finished. Like, I, I, I lap it up, man. Love it. So I think it's a good thing. Kate to- is out of the building too. So now that there's no question of, is there another guy lurking? You know, there's we talked been- about that in the beginning of season two. <laughs> we did, we did, but he was, he wasn't really lurking in that way. Cade was amazing for Michigan football, but um excited to see where he lands. I think this is a good pick Bechtel. If I was cocky and arrogant enough, I, I may have taken Michigan myself um, at minus 17 as the official parlay pick. But let's spread the love. Purdue, I appreciate your support. Purdue has looked pretty pedestrian. Um, I might take an alternative line, folks. If, if there's one out there to be had, I, I actually do think this is a, a true wampin. We'll see. I mean, Purdue has looked pretty pedestrian. They did, you know, their their road win at Illinois was good, but. You know, they scored three points Northwestern in a home loss to 17. Iowa, right? They struggled with Northwestern at home. Northwestern's one of the worst teams in all of college football, right? right? right. They, they beat Indiana by two touchdowns, like just pedestrian type stuff. Um, yeah. They haven't really, other than the Illinois game, they haven't played anybody really good um, since, you know, October 1st, they played Minnesota and mm-hmm. their home opener or their season opener against Penn State, right? Uh, other than that, like pretty much untested all year. And yeah. uh, I think Michigan's going to, Michigan's going to show them something they haven't seen. So. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you on that. Bechtel. I appreciate it. Mark. And honestly, this whole podcast, very supportive of the Wolverines the past two years. Uh, feels good to to have the boys back in a, in a spot playing for a big 10 championship game. And really a, what looks like a wide open playoff. We'll touch on that here in a minute, but uh, Bechtel, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll round out the parlay card. Anything more to say about Please. Michigan? Okay. Uh, I just touched on it. The part or the, the playoffs. I have a pick this week that could throw a big wrench in things. I don't think it should, but I think it could. Um, and I will be taking the Kansas state wildcats plus two and a half against TCU. This will now be our third game on the parlay sheet this week. That references payback. Kansas state lost this year on the road at TCU in a game. Honestly, they were controlling uh, in the first half, in the second half, Walker Howard and TCU got hit by the buzzsaw that seems to be the TCU Horned Frogs and their ability to make second half adjustments and pull games out. This game was really unique, though. If you look back at it, uh, Jake Rubley, the third string quarterback for Kansas State, had to come in after Walker Howard and Adrian Martinez were knocked out. This is after 
Kansas State drives right to answer a TCU touchdown. TCU comes in down by four points, um, but scored a touchdown rather to go down by four. Kansas State drives, misses a field goal. TCU drives the very next play, scores a touchdown. This Jake Rubley kid has to come in, throws an interception on the second play, and then has to come back out, play again, and they turn it over on downs. That was pretty much the ball game because at that point, TCU was up by four, went out to win by 10. Uh, when you look back, or it was up by three, rather, went on to win by 10. Um, that was a huge pivotal moment on the road against TCU early on in the season. At that point, only seven games have been played. TCU looked good, but I don't think people expected TCU to be 12 and 0. I think Kansas State has a very real shot of winning this game outright. Walker Howard has asserted himself, and Deuce Vaughn is in a really good place uh, as a running back. Electric. This game should be points all over in a situation like that. Last team with the ball wins. Um, I think Kansas State has a chance to win this outright on a last second field goal and cover at minimum. I like what Kansas State Wildcats are doing this season. And I'll be damned if they win. There's enough algorithms out there that say the Wildcats might have a chance at a chaotic playoff four seed. Um, Doesn't make a lot of sense when you look at it. If you squint hard enough, you can maybe see it. Kansas State has a lot to play for. Everyone's telling TCU they deserve the playoff win or lose. Uh, I like the intangibles. I like the revenge factor. And I like a strong Kansas State team um, maybe to knock off one of the glass slippers for the TCU Horn Frogs. I like it, Jeff. That was my B pick. Um, Kansas State was up seven, uh, 17 points against TCU yep. a couple weeks ago. Um, I, and I think, right, your main point about there being – it can't be this easy. Something's going to happen, right? So, something somewhere is going to happen. One of these teams is going to lose. It's right. not just going to be as straightforward as we think it's going to be. So this is as good a spot as any, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't guys, have much to add. I, mean, I was going to say, I, you guys I, feel, make me feel pretty good about this. I mean, it feels, it feels a little weird, you know, to be, you know, I feel like we keep calling for it to happen and it hasn't happened, but I, I agree with you. It's just, it, something has got to give. I think, uh, I think if TCU wins, it could be a Baylor all over again and a little fire drill field, field goal win by one or two and K-State gets the cover anyway. Right. I was just going to say, I feel like if they lose, it, it's going to be close. Um, yeah. I mean, the big 12 I'd feel I'd feel better with the hook, but it is what it is. Uh, I have been a, a big TCU believer all year. You guys know that they have answered the bell every single time it has rung. So we'll see. I, you know, I mean, Kansas I think, State's uh, eight, three and one against the spread and, and TCU is nine, two and one. BCU is still somehow getting overlooked by this podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, and for clarity, this isn't a TCU. I wouldn't necessarily say overlook. I think Rob's point, And that's what I was trying to make with this whole pick. Like, Kansas State was in position on the road in Fort Worth. Like they had this game. A couple yeah. things broke the other way. Same way I was arguing Michigan got some breaks that went their way against Ohio State. If Michigan and Ohio State played tomorrow, Ohio State should still be favored, just for clarity. Like on a neutral field tomorrow, Ohio State is minus three points, I think. And I, and I, again, I, I I just I just think there are certain things that when they break one way or the other, it can have a big outcome. And it went against Kansas State last time. I don't think Kansas State's a bad football team. I think Kansas State, looking at the dogs this week, like, I think Kansas State might be the best dog out there you can get. Like, I don't trust I don't trust Utah more than I trust Kansas State. I agree. 
against USC. I don't trust UCF more than I trust Kansas State. Like, and I don't want to walk into championship week with five favorites on our parlay card. Like, yeah. no, not bringing yeah. that to the people. I mean, I'm I'm with you on that last point for sure. Uh, I I did glance at you know North Texas with Austin. I did too. Nine year old QB. I mean, I was I, I thought that would be kind of one to take, and I couldn't do it. But uh, shout yeah. out to him. Hope he hope he gets a dub. Yeah. And I'm back on my dogs, man. I mean, tried last week to switch it up with UAB. Didn't go my way. Um, I'm going to finish this season right where I started it. Taking dogs who win outright. So we'll see what we'll see what shakes out. Uh, quick recap of the pod, and then we will quickly touch on anything else happening in the world of college football. Working our way down, uh, Mark mentioned it. He's going to kick things off Friday night in Las Vegas. Showdown between USC and Utah. Revenge on the mind. Caleb Williams quickly off to pick up his Heisman trophy after this victory over the Utes. It'll be Saturday morning, noon kick Kansas state plus two and a half in Arlington, Texas against TCU. We'll see if Kansas state can also carry that revenge factor into Saturday afternoon, knock off the horn frogs and upset a magical season Tulane looking for revenge against central Florida and the American championship game. This one in new Orleans at home rarity in these group of five games where the team gets a home game so two lane minus three at home an actual home game georgia minus 17 and a half at four o'clock eastern taking on lsu bechtel's tigers that's the first of two alma mater games we will close things up at eight eastern in indianapolis for the second year in a row the michigan wolverines knock off the buckeyes and they'll play for the big 10 championship game probably with a spot in the playoffs already locked up, minus 16 and a half against Purdue, who makes their first appearance in a Big Ten championship bout. That will be the card. Four favorites, one dog. Mark. Bonus pick for the listeners. USA, one nothing exact score is 5-1 to one on DraftKings tomorrow against Iran to uh, advance out of the group. That's it. USA wins one nothing tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern time. What a bonus nugget. It's Monday night. If you're listening to this podcast and the game hasn't kicked off yet, Mark bringing you one extra opportunity to, to bring some money into that account prior to college football's final regular season weekend. Gentlemen, wow. anything else? Anything else from anybody? Do we want to quickly talk playoffs? Anyone got a hot take or anything they want to share? Or should we should we wrap it up there? Uh, no, I got nothing. I think they nailed the rankings this week. And we'll see what happens with uh, TCU with USC uh, specifically those those two teams. Yep. Um, but uh, I think I think we're in for a good playoffs this year. Honestly, I think Georgia's legit. Uh, Michigan's legit. Uh, maybe Ohio State has a chance to get back. Uh, nah, it's possible. I I think it's more than possible at this point. Yes. Which I'm not gonna lie, as a Michigan fan, that does not make me feel great. But we'll see. Um, Rob, any any parting thoughts for listeners? I got nothing. I just laid Mark's five to one bet for tomorrow. So <laughs> let's go. Hey. Yeah. I mean, um, two teams who are going to pack it on the back line and look for chances to counter. You got to imagine one nothing is going to get it done. And uh, I mean, maybe maybe over half a goal in the first half. USA strikes quick, packs it in, gets out of the group stage. Nice. This this is a little bad radio, but I, I purposely nobody picked up on this. I turned my back on the World Cup. I'm disgusted with you, Mark. Don't bring don't bring soccer into this football well, parlay. Podcast. I, I'm here. How dare you? The world here to football. find value. I'm here to find value on the board, and we're talking football, baby.
That's right. The world's football. But we have one more. We will be back for bowl season. We will have an episode dropping. I will quickly look this up so I direct people when to look for this. The week of December 12th, first bowl games will kick off on December 17th. I, I looked that up today. I, I believe I'm correct. Um, so we will have another podcast after this championship podcast in two weeks time. One last recap, again, running the board down USC minus three against Utah. We have Kansas state plus two and a half against TCU Tulane minus three against UCF Georgia minus 17 and a half against LSU and Michigan minus 16 and a half against Purdue. That will do it for championship week. It has been a thrilling 14 weeks on this podcast the college football season is quickly coming to a close you can catch us the week of december 12th for our bowl season we'll have another parlay card for you and we will see you that week on the parlay like a champion podcast